Yo, yo, yo. Welcome back to another episode of Ready, Set, Go. This your boy, Justin Gadlin here. And, and you this know your boy, Rodney Green, man. Always beating me to the punch. You see that, guy? <laughs> always beating me to the punch, man. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to give him the proper introduction, but go ahead. Do your thing, yeah, there, man. Yeah, man. It's Rodney Green for Ready, Set, Go, man. We had a long weekend in track and field. This week, man, all week, man. What you want to talk about first? Boy, you, hey, you was, you was my plug this weekend, man. I was busy handling a lot of stuff. You know what I mean? I had the NSI meet this weekend, which is the National Scholarship Invitational, where we give opportunities for athletes who are not necessarily in the limelight, but they're trying to make sure that they seal the deal and get to a certain college. And we had certain levels of five-star colleges all the way down to JUCO colleges out there to watch these kids perform, man. Let's talk a little bit about that, man. Let's let's, let's start out with the NSI, man. What what type, well, how many schools came? What was out there? You know what I mean? What type of talent was out there? And did any kids get signed or anything like that? I believe it was our first annual. So we had like eight schools that came out, man. You know, to watch them. Um, you know, the coaches were very eager. We had a box that they stayed in near the sky box. You know what I mean? Hmm. But them coaches were so eager to see these kids run. They came down and they kind of formed a little barrier in the middle of the field. And they came out and ran. I mean, these kids turned up, man. I mean, it was a perfect day. The, the winds were just like a 1.4 to about a 1.7. We had a couple of two over, over about two, like two, four or something like that. But at the end of the day, these kids really put it on, man. They really performed. That's good. I know it's the first annual, but I know uh, you and your team are going to try to grow this event, man. I know y'all trying to have one for indoors and still keep this one outdoors. So y'all make sure y'all keep your ears plugged up, man. Uh, I think it's a very great idea. Uh, that Justin and them are doing this, and um, kids, you know what I mean, who really get a, a good look at them, man. But I appreciate it, man. You know, it's it's my way of, um, in in many other ways, I'm trying to give back to the sport, man, the sport that we both love, man. Hundred, hundred percent. So let's get into it, then, man. What what wait, is wait, going wait. on? We got another thing, man. What happened? What's Your going on? In town, <laughs> came just touched down. Literally, say he coming to train, and then what happened? So for a lot of people out there kind of refreshing your memory, my son, Jace, if you go back on YouTube and watch me at the uh, 2012 Olympic trials, he's the little boy that sits on my shoulders as I do my victory lap after the 100 meters. Can't do that no more. He's not little at all. He's actually 190 pounds. He is already over 5'9". And he's just turned 13 years old and wears a size 12 shoe. So that tells you right there, I'm not going to be squatting this dude. <laughs> but um, he came in town, you know what I'm saying? And he excited to be here, man. And first thing he did, came in, was stub his toe. And I'm bringing why he stubbed his toes because we're supposed to get some training in tomorrow. And, you know, this whole summer is supposed to make sure he gets to a level of training and understanding how to be able to perform because he's a football player. So stubbed his toe <laughs> to the nail. Nails started bleeding. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, all right, man, you look like you already got IR before you even get started. Yeah, man, we, we gonna wrap them up, man. We gonna get them right, man. Uh, I remember one time I stubbed my toe right on that corner of the bed. I don't know, and, and I, I know this has happened to a lot of people, man. I stubbed my toe on the corner of the bed. I was so mad, I could only fight the L. Couldn't fight nothing else, because it's you who did it. But anyway, man, that's my, <laughs> that's my little story, man. Everybody who got the stub toe. You know how it is. Everybody has a stubbed toe, boy. If you if you have toes, you didn't stub the toe, okay? But it's like that 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 wave of pain that comes on because you know when you hit it hard, that pain ain't really hit to that sensor yet. So you be like, ooh. Then your head get hot. <laughs> you know that little piece of your body can hurt so much. <laughs> That's just so crazy, man. But we gonna get into this long week. 
a track and field that we know y'all been waiting, man, um, to hear about, man. I want to know, uh, Justin and myself, I don't know if Fred can be beat this year, man. I feel like no matter what he runs, if it's 9-7 or 9-9, I think some of the guys, you know what I mean, they got to go train away and then come back and try to beat him. What do you think? Um, I think right now what, what needs to happen, Fred is, he's already showed that he's the man, right? He's the man right now. He's the man to beat. Um, he's went undefeated. So he's doing his thing. But one guy really kind of perked my ears up. And I feel like it's weird because everybody's kind of paving over it right now. You know what I mean? Where Akeem, right? Akeem Blake. Akeem Blake went out and ran 9-8. And he beat Christian Coleman for that victory. And I think no one's really talking about that because I think that right there is where the rivalry is going to last. I have anybody, no one has really popped their head up to run that fast. You know what I mean? Right now, where we're at. So I'm trying to see what that match is. I got Akeem on the podium right now, bro. A hundred percent. Matter of fact, it's only three nine eights in the world. One, Omen Yala at 984. And you have Fred at 988. Then you have Blake at 989. So yeah. uh, I would see why you would have to have him on the podium. I just need to see him run one more time. I was hoping that he would have ran that, that, that racist uh, track meet down in Jamaica, but he didn't. I mean, but he didn't have to. I mean, he kind of showed the world away from his country, and I think that's hard. When you go away and you drop a time, it's easy to drop a time at home. I mean, quiet is kept right now. If you had to pick the top three, you know, to make the podium, that's the top three you're probably going to pick right now. You yeah, know what I mean? It might, and it might, worlds might look like that. It might look like that. We don't know. What you think about Omar Yala and his speech about how he ain't going to lose 100 and then this is the second time he's lost? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, Omar Yala is, is, is definitely, uh, you know, new in the game. So when it comes to that level of uh, competition that he's at right now, it's not about the time you run. It's about who you run the time on. You know what I mean? So right now, you know, he, he can run the time against these guys he trains with or guys who are not on the level, and it becomes easier because you don't have that pressure on you. But when you run against guys that you know that are your equal or can be able to edge you out, that's when, it, that's when you need to perform. You know what I mean? So like I said before, I want to see that, see that same speech and that same energy you give me, apply that to the track, man. You know what I mean? You know there's a target on that man's back. Go for that man right there. 100%, 100%. I think mentally, man, he might be stuck. You watch him in the races, and if he, he feels like because he gets away so fast, I feel like if he doesn't feel like he's in the front at 60, he's kind of like relinquishing his, it, it, the way because of what he said. I think he can't be held prisoner to what he said because you're going to win some and you lose some. You know what I mean? He got he to gotta get up off of that. It looked like Fred in his head right now. Well, I, I, which I don't understand why he's... If he if he's pressing himself at sixty, because if you watch his races from the years before, he really didn't come on to about sixty five seventy. You know what I mean? Like he's like top end kind of speed running. He didn't have the best start. I think he's too focused on too much of his start in his first half of the race, and he's giving away what his true talent is, which is the second half of his race. And why I say this is because he's already ran nine seven in that way. Bad start, ran past me and ran nine seven. So I was there. <laughs> Front row, I seen it happen. So I think that he needs to kind of just calm, calm down, go back to what he knows. You're not getting left in the blocks. You're still at the party. You know what I'm saying? Show up at the finish line. That's when it counts the most. Good, good. Another big thing happened in um, 
I'm in Florence, man. The young kid, he woke up, man. Arian Knighton dropped 1980s first race. Um, it's a little bit, it's a little bit later in the year, and he ran his, his 19.8. I think he's more on a pro pro schedule now. Uh, he's trying to work towards the world, so he he's in no real rush to run super super fast. But I think his coaches are pacing him like, okay, 19.8, and then we're gonna work our way down from here. Yeah, I mean, he has nothing to really feel pressure about. I feel right now, especially getting ready for worlds. You know, and on top of that, Noah, who is the top competitor right now, he has to buy. You know what I mean? So it's like you make sure that you're ready to run. And he's young. So it's a lot of things he still needs to work on aspects of the race. Even though he's ran an impressive 19-4, it's a fact that he needs to work on certain aspects of the race to start, probably coming off the turn a little more aggressive and make sure he finishes the race off. So I hope that's what he's been working on in his hiatus and open up with a 19-8. That's signs of good things, man. Man, hey, he if, if you saw the race, he rolled that curve, bro. But it's like you said, he, that last part of his race, he definitely needs to work on because that's where Noah Lyles has his killer instinct. The last 50, that's what really matters for Noah. So if he's if he's aiming at that kid, his coaches need to worry a lot about that because he showed us time and time again that he is a great curve runner. Oh, I mean, at the end of the day, I mean... I know Noah is the man right now. He's broken the American record. He has the third fastest time ever. But I feel that beyond Noah's arc, that's where Arian is going to show up at. Because Aaron has too, so much talent and he's super young. So I think that beyond 2025, that's when Arian is going to mature into the sprinter that he can be. And in actuality, if he gets everything together, he might be a dominant force in the one and the two. Man, I think he already added a game, man. He got he got a medal and he's 18. Yeah, you know I mean, ain't much of those, ain't much kids out there who are 18 with a world championship medal, man. There's not there's probably a handful of people who, who are that young who've done it. Right. Can't, I can't keep it in my head right now, but I know it's only probably about a few. Yeah, yeah. Another thing in Florence, man, uh, Florence Diamond League, man. Grant bounced back, man, from that loss from the Jamaican guy. Grant Holloway in the building. 1303. But you can't Grant. You can't count Grant out, man. I mean. Oh, I'm never going to count Grant out. You crazy. Yeah. It's, it's a thing that, you know, he's going to show up when it's time to show up. I love his energy, man. I, I think that the only, the only two people that really have outright beat Grant is Jamaicans, right? Yeah. So, in the championship, yes. In the championship setting. Yeah. Okay. All right. And they're training partners. Yeah, the, the, those two Jamaicans are just <laughs> Parchman and Rob Well, there you yeah, go. Just, <laughs> there you go. They're definitely training partners. So they probably be using the same model that Parchman used to beat them the first time. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, if you know that Grant is the dominant force and you already know which, what it took to be Grant, that should be your, your, your baseline training platform, right? So you already know you can be there. Can't get no worse because you get any worse and you're going to get your ass kicked, right? So training at that level and then two people training at that level right now, I mean, that's a force to be reckoned with. But we've seen magnificent glimmers of what Grant can do, which is dropping 1280s in semis, right? Mm -hmm. So we know that it's in there for him to be super dominant and potentially break the world and probably run the fastest hurdle race we've ever seen in our life. Dude, but let's talk about that, man. I've heard you say something one time. You you don't say it out loud, and I think a lot of people got to understand what you mean by when you say things like this. You 
Grant ran 12-8 once. So you always say, oh, yeah, that doesn't make him a 12-8 runner. He averages 13-0. He's a 13-0 runner. So did he know how he ran 12-8? Because when you ran 9-7, you say that year in 2015, I was a 9-7 runner because I knew how to run 9-7. So I was a 9-7 runner. Speak on that. All right. <laughs> you, see, you see how you put that on me? <laughs> Grant, don't be coming for me, though. I ain't say all that. All right. No, but what I'm saying is that consistency is key in track and field, right? Mm -hmm. Especially in the sprints. Like, we know that a lot of runners and a lot of hurdlers can have a great day, great practice, great warm-up for competition, and go out there and just run a super fast time that, and then come off the track and really don't know how they ran it or how to duplicate it, right? So, and a lot of them people have those kind of PRs which, which they'll never touch. So I think for, that separates those kind of runners who kind of, you've seen every once in a blue moon compared to consistent runners, it's about making sure you know where your flaws are in your race pattern, your race strategy, but also you have to have the ability to realize that your competitors are learning from your victories and they're trying to make your victories your flaws. Hmm. They're trying to make sure, okay, you out in front of me, we're going to break your race down. We're going to see where you're weak at and we're going to attack that because if we attack that, that's going to give us a fighting chance. And I think that's what happens with you have uh, uh, Parchman looking at um, Grant's race and now he knows, okay, after hurdle six, I may can get Grant if I'm in striking distance. So for Grant, I feel like, and I know he can make that change. He's a very coachable athlete. Whatever happens after hurdle six going to hurdle seven, it's about Whatever he did to go out and run 12-8, do that again. Mm -hmm. Go back, watch those races, mm -hmm. replicate that energy, replicate that technique. That'll get you more consistent. Mm -hmm. Shoot. We're um, we going to move on to the female 100 meters in, uh, in Florence, man. Salud. She's in a good rhythm right now, man. She, she hasn't ran 11 since she ran that 10-7. Toulouse. Man, she, she's very consistent. Um, her coach is John Smith. Uh, I didn't, I didn't know for so many years that she what last couple of years she's last been with John. Yeah, she's been with John. She's Smith, been yes. with John Smith. She's been with John Smith. Yes, that's crazy. I yeah, did not know yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. And I heard uh, Michael Norman's over there now. That's what I heard. That's I heard, what I, I heard. I don't know that if that's true. Bar. I don't know if that's true, but that's what I heard. Well, hey, you know, <laughs> John Smith has <laughs> has created. You know, what I'm saying, and coached Maurice Green, a true legend in our sport, and he's uh, also he coached. Carmelita Jetta that we all know who as well. Jet. True, le Jet. <laughs> True legend in our sport. You know what I mean? So he's capable, he has the capabilities of turning, you know what I'm saying, people into elite sprinters. So boom. So Mike, do your thing. Tulu out there banging. <laughs> who uh what happened with uh Tulu? What time did she run? She ran 1097, man. It was it was a very comfortable win for her. She looked like she just went out there and uh executed a race, man. She she did, she read really, really solid. But Do you think this is this is the year where she seals a deal and uh and really gets on that podium podium? Yeah, I think so. I think so. Um, she's with somebody like like John Smith. He's he's gonna strategize how to get her there. Um, I just seen that Shelly Ann announced that she's gonna compete soon. She didn't say where, but she said soon. When she announced that, she announced that like at, at the, you know if she was at the Jamaican meet probably. And oh, the one that Noah just ran. Yeah, so they they go okay. ask her questions, questions, questions. So she says soon. So we don't know when or where, but the worlds are waiting um, because it's definitely going to be a showdown. You know, uh, 
It's not going to be an easy win for her. And we haven't seen Elaine for a while either. But we knew, we know what, what one of them working with. <laughs> she, she doing what she do. But before we get to that, we're going to stay in Florence for a little bit, man. All right, okay. We're going to talk okay. about Femke Ball, man. Femke Ball is balling out. Man, this girl just ran 52-4 in the 400-meter hurdles. And that's so fast, there's only six other times ahead of her all time. And she's one of them. She's number three. So 52-4, the old world record was like 52-3. And she just ran her first 400-meter race, 52-4. Of the season. <laughs> and pretty much threatened the old world record. Yes. <laughs> that shows you right now the evolution, especially of their event, man. It's, it's bananas, dog. That's, that is crazy, man. Um, she's in the zone, though. She's dialed in, bro. Like, I think that um, that's the difference between inspiration and motivation, right? Yeah. Inspiration is a very fleeting kind of, like, uh, energy, right? So it's like something you're like, man, I, you know what? I want to be the best in the world. And then two months later, you're back to your old habits. But that motivation, though, that motivation is when you get your ass kicked, and you're like, you know what? This shit ain't never going to happen again. And that's how you start training. I feel like that's where she's at right now. Hey, man. Yeah. That has to be where she is, man. I'm going to fast forward to another meet because I ain't going to have to cover her in that next meet. But two days later, she runs 50-11 in the 400. Oh, yeah. <laughs> in Hanglo. Oh, yeah. She, she ready. <laughs> oh, yeah. She ready. 52-4, then she dropped. And that's third in the world right now, then. Yes, it is. Okay. Yeah. All right. That's... <laughs> I can't wait to see what she's going to do this season when it's time for her to really open up and match up against the elite other runners. I mean, I think if Sydney's not running the 400 hurdles, which we haven't seen her run yet, correct? No, nah, no. Nah. Okay. Sydney has only been seen indoor, but if you know who our coach is, Bobby Kersey, this guy is a calculated genius. And without fail, when we see Sydney, I think it would be anything short of amazing. <laughs> I mean, it is. I mean, it's first of all the mental toughness of Sydney, and then the mastermind geniusness of uh, of uh, her coach. They're going to they're going to be hard to beat. Bobby is a true legend in our sport, man. But at the same time, Pimp Ball, she on the rise, and she's showing y'all she's knocking out these times, and she ain't nothing to be dealt with. She coming correct, so y'all better come correct her. Yeah. And I yeah. like that name, dog. It's a very, it's a, it seems like a very James Bond. Yeah, Femke Ball. Femke Ball. Like, like she ran like some black leather spandex with a gun and a waist. Right. Like Tomb Raider or something. Right. <laughs> like James Bond, if I ain't love you, I would have killed your ass by now. <laughs> yeah, man. They, they, they definitely have grown their event, man. But shoot, I'm going to move, I'm going to jump over to the ATL Track League, man. Um, we saw Shanti Jackson did do something amazing. Shout out to Brashawn Jackson, man. Her coach, her dad. Bat, uh, both, of, both of our homeboy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> bat boy. Yeah, man. Bat do it, man. 1089, high school national record, man. She commanded the race from be, from beginning. Till, hey, that's our little that's our little son right there. That's my godson. That's hey. Jax right there, man. That's that's my little fire, man. That's my little fire. He wants to be on the show so bad. <laughs> he just started saying sentences, so. <laughs> but yeah, man, like, she dominated the race from start to beginning. Her, her reaction was crazy. She separated from the field from the mm. beginning, and she held them off all the way to the end. I was very happy for her because I, I, I've watched her train for the last three, three years, man, and she's been coming on very, very, very hard these, this last year. And Bat is, 
her coach, right? Hundred percent. Yep. Yeah. So he's coaching her a hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. Let me find out back. You know how to damn uh, train for a hundred, boy. You should have jumped in a hundred a long time ago out there. <laughs> no, nah, you should not jumped in them hundred, boy. <laughs> I had to deal with you in the damn uh, four hundred hurdles, <laughs> three hundred hurdles back in high school, man. Yeah, Shout man. out to him, man. Shout out to whole family, man. Y'all blessings to y'all, bro. Yeah, man. She's 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 definitely going places. She committed to Arkansas, so she will raise it back. Um, but I don't know. Ten eighty nine. Ain't nobody never did that. Not even. Not even the young Jamaican, so I hope she's still cool to Arkansas, but we, we'll see. I mean, that, those kind of times could, you know? could, could change the timeline, because I'm pretty sure they knocking at her door like, hey, we got this We got this check for you. Do you really <laughs> hope that she go to Arkansas, though? I mean, look at what the coach is doing at Arkansas, man. I mean, I, I know they have a new head coach now, the old coach stepped down, and I mean, he's doing amazing, man. Look at, look at what he's doing at Arkansas. Like, she picked the right school. She ain't going to lose... Much he just gonna hopefully grow, and he know what he getting in us. So, you know what I mean. So, so, so. All right, let's pause for a second because me and you had a conversation maybe like two days ago, and you brought up that you felt like a singer who is at Mount Verd Academy in yes. high school, who's already ran nine this year, yes. and he's now ran nineteen. Mm -hmm. You was like, man, that boy better go pro, boy. Reason being, he's not an American. Okay, all right. Shanti's an American. If you're not an American, he 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 doesn't have to go through the the hard gauntlet of of going through U.S. trials and all of that. Everybody know if you're not from the U.S., it's easier. That's why you have a lot of U.S. athletes that change allegiance because it's like you run worlds and Olympics twice. You know that mm -hmm. you got to be ready twice. Yeah, you got to be ready twice. This yeah. is the only country where you could run ten nine or nine nine and sit at home and watch the Olympics. Or watch in any other country, you're the man or the or, or or the female. You know that. Facts. So I only said that because he could he could definitely take his time and develop because he's from another country. And okay. when's going to be another time he gets offered anywhere from three hundred to half a million dollars? I agree. <laughs> I agree. You know what I mean. At the end of the day, is you got to strike while the iron's hot because, like you said, I mean, American athletes are are favored because they're they are American companies that are really paying the big butt mm -hmm. money. So obviously they want a bigger return and more patriotic return on their, on their, on their cash flow. And if an American company paying them that cash, I say, man, go take it. Yeah, I mean, you could pay for education, take your time and get your education. And I mean, he would he would have been fine, man. This coach is a great coach. He take the time and develop with his coach. I, but then that's just my opinion. I'm not saying my opinion is right. That's just, that's just a thought I had because he wasn't an American. It'll be his path will be a little bit easier. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, next, man, June third happened, man. Jamaica racist invitational, man. I start off, man. I told you, Kingston. What I told you, what I, Kingston. What I told you, that girl, Shariko, gonna do. You I, did. <laughs> I said she gonna run ten seven. I you said did. that exactly. You told that. You told me that. You said that she was going to run 10-7. I was like, all right, cool, bet. I was not not believing that she wasn't going to run 10-7. I mean, it's Sharika Jackson. Come yeah. on. She's she, she dominant from the 4-2 and the 100, right? Yeah. So, yeah. I, I knew she was going to run something stupid. So, I mean, she she answered. She did. She answered. She did. And she said she ain't scared. I don't know who she was talking to. 
but I know who she was talking about. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm talking she, about. I don't know she, dog do. She, she, but she know who she was talking to. She said she ain't scared, man. I got to shout out second place too, man. Shout out to uh, Bahamian athlete Anthony Strong, man. That's that's my whole girl from from the Bahamas, man. I got to shout out Bahamas. She ran 10.99. Okay, all right. <laughs> Scooping up, uh, getting up under that 11. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But she, she, man, she dominated the race from start to beginning. Fun, funny thing is, she usually never dominates from the front. That's that's what was different about that. So you think it's a new race strategy, a race plan, or yeah. what do you think it is? And, and we we and we seen when these race strategy changes, we see great things. Shelly Ann used to start really well, and she used to play the runner, the, the cat and mouse game, where everybody would catch her up to her right before she crossed the line. Yeah. Last year, that whole model changed. Shelly Ann got away and stayed away. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> stayed away. For sure. So I think in this process now that that what Sharika's going through, if she has this better start, and this is her second hundred, bro, she ran 10.78, man, we got something like maybe 80 something days or 78 days till worlds. Mm -hmm. It's a lot of time for a lot of changes to happen. God forbid she get injured. Well, you know, I think that uh, this could be one of, this could be a big year for her for sure, but she definitely got uh, formidable opponents that she got to be able to go through to get to that top of that podium though, bro. Oh, sure. Well, them opponents ain't, ain't showing right now. Like I said, we ain't seen from, and we handle track for year to year. We haven't seen anything from Shelly and not saying that she can't produce. And we haven't seen the fit Elaine that we know about. Not saying that she can't be fit or we don't know what's wrong, but we haven't seen Elaine. So there's nobody in Jamaica that can challenge her except them two. Listen, at the end of the day, if you look at Elaine's track record, which I'm talking about track record, I'm not talking about her legacy. You know what I mean? Her track record is she usually takes the world championship years off. She doesn't take them as serious as she takes all the Olympic years. And I think that's more by choice, to be honest. That's just me. I, I think that you look at the Olympics and you look at someone's legacy and they be like, Olympic champion, Olympic champion, Olympic champion. You know what I mean? That seems a little more polishing, like world champion, Olympic champion, world champion, world champion. So, um, you know, if that's, if that's her time to rest and if she come back for next year, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised. Shoot. Next up, we got... Uh... Wade Dreamer, man. Wade right. Van Nieker, man. He's very consistent. He opened up with 44-17 early in the year. You know, I understand that their nationals is that early. So he has to run that early, you know, because that's when their nationals is. So to hold on to 44-17, I think he ran that in like, like April. Like April. <laughs> but he's coming back with almost the same time he's holding the consistency of his training at 44-21. Well, you know, that's the thing. I mean, this ain't his first time. You know, he's been a South African athlete for all of his professional career. So, you know, for him to be ready and primed at this time of the year and be able to hold it or at least kind of like hover around that time and then sharpen up when necessary for the big show, like the Olympics or World Championships, he's capable of it. I'm, I'm glad he's back, man. He a cool dude. I like him, man. And... You know, it's good to see him come back, boy. See him run like how he ran at the Olympics in 2016 with all that kinesio tape up his back. <laughs> <laughs> From lane, what, eight? Got out. They ain't seen nobody just ran like a glorified time trial, man. Break the, smashed the world record. Listen, listen. That was one of the greatest. 2015 and 2016, the 400 was two of the greatest races. He didn't break the world record, but he got close in 2015. But I think one of the greatest moments about that 2015 moment is you had three dudes, I think, in the history of the sport, called 43. Who says, hey, bro, 
Who'd you run when you were at the Worlds? I ran 43.7, man. It must have felt good winning. I got third. Right. <laughs> I got third. Exactly. <laughs> you got third. Right? Running 43.7. Yeah. You feel me? So. And you know, them outdated people, outdated people be like, damn, boy, who you get beat by? Michael Johnson? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's exactly what they going to say, man. But I'm, I'm excited to see that linebacker between him and Stevie. Yeah. 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 Baby, they, they both. They both healthy, they both back, and I'm I can't wait to see that lineup again. But shoot, you know got, who can't wait to see that too? Adidas. <laughs> oh yeah, but they, they both athletes, but they, they got they got a dude from Zambia who got the world lead right now. That dude who dove across the line and then and in and, and Kenya, man, uh, Missoula, some Conga. I hope I said it right, man. But he ran forty three ninety one for the year. Oh, yeah, he only ran it one time though. <laughs> he drove across that line though. Huh? But he be there out the field, second place is like 44 nine. So he had him, he definitely was running to see how fast he can go. Yeah. But if anybody know about Kenya, Nairobi is a little bit of altitude on it too. So yeah. So I got to see him run that out of the country. And, it, and he from Zambia, so he from Africa. Yeah. So I yeah, need yeah, to yeah, see yeah, him yeah. run that somewhere else in Italy or something like that. Man, but. I'm gonna I'm I'm do something new on our show, bro. Shoot, we gonna have the Ready Set Go Gold Medal Watch. We gotta watch Jamaica. We have four dudes. Two dudes in that race for Van Eagle went 44. We have Antoine Watson, Zandron Barnes, and then we had two guys go 45. But we already had another dude from Jamaica go 44 too, Sean Bailey. I say, man, their four by four is gonna be ready. He on the gold medal watch for me. I don't see another country. They got they got like eight dudes running forty five right now. You know your whole country gonna call blasphemy, right? Hey, I mean, listen, <laughs> listen. That's the same thing that happened with us in sixteen. We had we had three dudes running low forty fours. Yeah. The only X factor that US had on us was Lashawn Merritt. <laughs> My boy got hurt in Monaco. meet. when he got hurt in his foot and he couldn't come back. I didn't see him at US trials. I was like, oh, yeah, the USA in trouble. USA in trouble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. USA, USA in trouble, but I want to make sure we put that out there, man. A, a gold medal watch for Jamaica, man. They they actually have a lot of weapons to get it done right now. Well, you know, um, it's a new generation of Jamaican sprinters that are coming out, men and women. So Jamaica ain't gone nowhere, y'all. I mean, I know y'all been spoiled by the Elaines and the Shelleys and the Usains and the Johans, but... Prepare yourself to see a whole new generation of young Jamaican sprinters that's going to come out and they're still going to be tried and true. Man, how, how you feel about uh, Christian Coleman's performance? Down in Jamaica, the races meet? Yeah, you ran 10-0. It's good. Um, I would like to see him, he probably would like to see himself too, <laughs> <laughs> but I would like to see him make a statement, you know what I mean? Because, um, you know, there's a, there's a part of track and field that's, especially in the sprint side, there's a mental warfare game, right? And for him to get nipped and beat by uh, Akeem Blake to, to go and Akeem Blake ran 9-8 and to beat Christian, I feel like Christian should have went in his home turf and be like, and dropped a 9-8 as well and be like, hey, I'm here. You got me once. You didn't even give me this time. You was here. It would been, have been a different story. Well, maybe because he didn't see Blake. He ain't, he ain't run this best potential. He just ran for the W. He's like, man, I'm waiting for, I need, I need my get back. And Blake ain't ran. Blake was like, yeah, man, I, I beat you out there in LA on American soil. 
I'm gonna take a pass this week, man. And, and uh, I got trials <laughs> coming up. Man, you took that L on the head, buddy. I mean, we're gonna see what's happening, right? So I think a lot of these a lot of these guys are playing more more or less the long game, which is they're trying to figure out okay how to position themselves and make sure they're on this team, right? The era we come from was I'm trying to win. Now these guys realize they have a little more landing pad for them to be on. So okay. I necessarily got to win, but if I if we get on the team, then we can kind of use that next kind of like three weeks, three and a half weeks to prepare ourselves for world championships and to be able to see a you see a different runner. And I think that comes with with strategy and experience when you're on the elite level. Like somebody like a, like you or Allison, somebody who was very seasoned in the sport, like a Veronica Campbell, would be like, all right, I know I don't have to win drives. I just got to make the team. Like going to make the top three, I don't have to be in super form, but I know I have three more weeks of good training after I run here mm-hmm. to develop myself into a podium performance phase. Yeah, And yeah. I think that's what they're mostly, if they have that type of mindset, of course they definitely have morphed into a better athlete. So uh, if they listening to this podcast, man, take, take that type of a mantra because the national championship ain't gonna be the thing, you know what I mean? They're gonna announce you at the national championship at some meets, but that podium gonna get you paid the correct way. And that's gonna extend your legacy too. Nobody right. remember how much national championships the country do, but the world won't. You know, get on that podium, man, is it's like almost having like a doctor attached to your name. You know what I mean? <laughs> it is. Because you always gonna remember Olympic gold, gold medalist or world champion, you know, world silver medalist or so that shows that you are at a different level, you are a higher percentage. You know what I mean? So it's like getting a Grammy. Or somebody be like, Grammy Award winning. Yes. And, ju- and just becoming a just becoming an Olympian is Grammy nominated. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That is that that is that is true, man. But shoot, man, to the climax of that meet, man, no one went down there and he made a hell of a performance, man. He uh he went down there around 1967, his first 200. I said he would be around 195, 196 his first two runs. That's a tall order, boy. You drop, you come out and just drop a 19.5 out the hole your first race. That's a tall order, dog. <laughs> that, that, that order come through, you be like, I ain't order all this food. Hold on, dog. I just, I, twi- twice, two times. Man, he hit that straight away. Yeah. And he definitely was gone. Yeah, yeah. He, um, he, he, he was definitely moving. But, but you know, that's... I, Noah's on Noah's on the grind. He on super time right now, dog. You know what I mean? So, you know, him to come out, run that time, 19-6, comfortable. You know, it's it's good to know that he's in good shape. He's building up to where he needs to be. But like you said earlier, you don't think that he's even going to run the two or run the two very competitively at nationals. The best You think the best thing that for him to do is if he wants to be able to double, go ahead and put all his eggs in the basket for the 100 meters and see where he at. 100%. The reason being, if, he, if you're already the world champion, you only got to show fitness. He could show fitness in the 100. Now, if he wants to run one round of the 200 for kicks and giggles, so be it. He doesn't tap his body all the way. He doesn't run six rounds at USA's. He doesn't run three of the 100 and then run three of the 200. He, he, he's actually could concentrate. He knows he's a 19-6 shape. As we talk just now, the only other person closest to him is Arian and at 19.8. Yeah. So he knows in the world right now if my body is hovering at this, I could go back down and concentrate on this hundred. 
Listen, I've been there and done that on from the flip side though. So I had to buy <laughs> <laughs> I had to buy for the hundred. So it helped me be able to kind of play around with the two hundred as well. And you ran nineteen what? Five. I did. Right. <laughs> right. right. So this is why I, I definitely think that uh Noah Lyles is going to be in formidable shape by USA trials after dropping that 19.6 and after running 9.9. So would you go on a limb to say that if Noah just focused on the 100, we'll still train for the two, right? Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, 100%. But if he focuses sharpen himself for the 100, that he can be a true upsetter in the 100 meters at nationals? With his top end, I definitely do think so. I think So he can win and be the 100 meter national champion? Yes, it's wide open. Who, who, who's going to beat him? Who, who's going to be? If who's Fred is not him? running, the, if Fred is not running the hundred, Fred's going to do exactly the opposite of what Noah's doing. That that should be his strategy. He's already the world champion in the hundred. He doesn't know how formidable he is in the two hundred. Uh, he just seen what what Noah did. He's only ran nineteen nine for the year. He needs to start really training back for the two hundred. He's not going to lose too much on the hundred right now. You know what I mean? He's a nine 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 nine. nine. Listen. Make the team in the 200, mm -hmm. and then start to sharpen up for the 100 the closer you get to win, to, okay. defend, the, to defend your title. Okay. I got you. I got you. All right. I, I like that strategy a lot for both of them. Yeah. Because it takes a little pressure off, and it breaks up the monotony, though, too. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Hundreds, 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 yeah. or 200, 200, 200 all the time. Yeah. You know I think I mean? no one wanted to run, run to see where he was at. He know he's at 19.6 right now. Mm -hmm. So I think in his head, and him and Lance Brahman, they're going to go back and say, okay, we need to go and we need to try to win U.S. trials. And as in Oregon, he loves that track. Yeah. He loves that track. <laughs> Haywood Magic, he loves that track. Yeah, man. yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I saw at the end, man, Ball gave him a lot of encouragement, man. That's great to see, man, because for anybody that don't know, if I'm served correct, I think that's number one and number three all time, split by Johan Blake, who's number two in the 200. Yeah. So... That that that's that's legendary, man. World champion, former world champion, 1930, 1919. I mean, it's good. It's good to see, and I'm I'm saying this from a good place because I love our sport. It's good to see Bolt back talking amongst the athletes, being at the meets. You know, I seen him in a video speaking to Akeem Blake. I seen him, obviously, we see him in the video speaking to Noah at Racers Meet as well. So to see him out there interacting with the with the crowd, interacting with the other athletes, the elite athletes, and seeing a smile on his face, that's a good thing though, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I nobody wants to see um Bo in a bad place, man. And Bo, we still need you. We don't want you to fade and and we know you're doing your other businesses, man, but still, you know, we gotta be ambassadors of our sport and help the sport grow. We know you're doing a lot of that and you have to concentrate on some other things that are very important to you. But yeah, man, we still need you. Um Hangalo. And and whenever you're ready to uh, to do this uh, this race, let me know. Come in, both ain't racing you, boy. Why not, man? That'll be a great race, dog. I wouldn't mind racing them again. Uh, shoot. Why are you talking about that? We actually could talk about uh before we talk about uh, uh a couple of things in the hangar on me. We could talk about how Safa said he's coming back to try to get this hundred nines on this belt, man. He's at ninety seven, one hundred sub ten races. He is the guy who has the most 100-meter sub-10s in history. Um, so he has, what, three more hundreds to go? Three, three more sub-10s to go? Three more hundreds. Three more hundreds to Boy, go. Boy, that's going to be the toughest 303 <laughs> sub-10s you ever had in your life, dog. I'm just letting you know right now. 
And and I'm I can say that to us off because we we came up at the same time, dog. So I know, boy, at this where I'm at right now, I'm like, woo, <laughs> boy, you got hey, train extra hard so those some tens come easy and you just go ahead and just chuck the deuces, boy, be out there again. I feel like he he just need to go go back and uh, I feel like there's no pressure because he know he's not training to 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 win a championship or anything. I don't think it'll be easy for him because you know he you're he, he part of the. 30, 38 and up club. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is which is a tall order, but I think if if he strategizes how he does it, strategize what meets he go to and, and makes it more in his favor, uh, it'll be he'll he'll have to be checking like the wind and everything. He'd be like, Yeah, if it's if it's like 1.8, yeah, I want to run today. If it's if it's 78 degrees, yeah, I wanna run today. <laughs> he can't go to no cold place and try to drop one. Hey, listen, Asafa, your circuit should be. Uh, 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 pure athletics meet and Claremont, <laughs> them two meets, and then Dennis Mitchell meet, Star Athletics meet, or uh, in June, they should that should be your circuit, man. It's always for the oh, oh, and, and Rietti. Oh yeah, and Rietti, you know that. And close that, it out, baby. You, you know, you know that 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 track ninety eight meters. <laughs> That's his track, though. That's his track, though. He he didn't drop some hot tiles on that track, dog. <laughs> I did, I did, I did. I think he, I'm rooting for him, though, man. A hundred. Hundred sub tens, man. I don't think, I don't think another athlete. I don't even know who's second to that, bro. That's crazy. I don't know, man. I don't even know what my hundred meter sub ten count. I think it's like maybe fifty something. <laughs> but he had me thinking of now, like, man, maybe I should come back, man. You come back for three races, boy. What what you coming back for? I'm still asking myself that question. What you coming back for, though? <laughs> what you coming back for, though? Okay? Hey, if they give you a pair and say fifty k, you gonna be on the line in your speed suit, boy. You hear me? <laughs> <laughs> love, love handles and all, dog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. But shoot, let's let's get back to the topic, man. Hanglo, Hanglo, man. Um, FPK Hanglo, man. What you think about Reese Prescott, man? Reese Prescott, his first race. Reese Prescott from Great Britain, first race out of the year, nine ninety nine. Do we change our conversation because the playing field is a little level? Is he in that conversation? This is his first hundred of the year. Yes and no. I only say yes and no because I had to stick to my guns when I was saying that I need some more consistency, right? Show me a race. Show me the next race he runs where he runs something similar to it. I'll take a 10.04. You know what I'm saying? Or if he drops a, a 10.02 or even hits a 9.9 again. You know what I'm saying? That shows me he's, he's a force now. He's a force and I, he would be definitely dominant in the British side as well. He'd be the guy. He he is the guy. I don't see him losing at their trials, man. And he's a big guy. He's not like a, a short sprinter. He has to be like maybe 6'1 or 6'2. He's a bigger guy. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's he's a tall guy. He's probably like 6'2. I stood next to him. If you look in the race in 2017, he was a guy next to me. He was in lane nine when I was in lane eight. We was like, hey, bro, we out here by ourselves. <laughs> we got to shake something, dog. <laughs> I know he probably wish he was in your position because, you know, that gold medal changes his whole life in Great Britain. Oh, yeah. He's seen sure. them gold medals live. <laughs> Boy, he, he get that gold medal. This 9-9 don't mean nothing. They don't care about nothing. <laughs> but nah, at man. the end of the day, I think that um, also I say yes because of what the state of the male sprint world is right now. It's just it's a lot of, it consists of a lot of 10 O's. And kind of nine nine, so he's right there in the mix. To be honest, it's just about make sure he strikes when iron's hot, and know who he needs to beat when he needs to beat him. Yeah, shoot. Since you said, man, you know, it's a it's a close playing field, man. I know. Um, I seen uh, Marcel Jacobs pulled out of two meets because of back injury. Do you feel like it's a real back injury? 
I don't know. I'm not, I'm not, I don't want to talk about Marcel, but I am going to talk about Marcel. I, I think it's a little bit of back injury, but I think it's a little bit of affair also because he knows he has to. He's the Olympic champion, and he knows he has to produce. If he gets on the track and runs anything 10-1 or worse, it'll crush him. It's a bad move because you are creating this false sense in your mind when if you're not competing and you're always giving excuses of why you're not competing, you're never going to be race sharp. And we know what it means when you're race sharp. You're ready to run. You could be, you could be hitting great times at practice. And then when you get into a meet, you be like, you start scratching your head when you come across the line. Be like, wait a minute, coach told me I was in sub 10 shade. Why am I out here running 10 20? Because <laughs> you're not in race sharpness. You know what I mean? So the thing is, is like, I feel like at some point he just needs to suck it up and just go pause. Suck it <laughs> up. <laughs> just, just go ahead and just take an L where he got to take an L, but get the W where it's, it's necessary for him to get a W. He's human. Right? He's going to lose some races. He's going to win some races. But the fact is, every time when it's time to compete against a formidable opponent, it's either food poison or a back injury or something has happened. And I feel like that's where it's becoming more of like a, a running joke where people online are saying, don't tell me that's breaking news. We know he's going to pull out of races. Tell me it's breaking news that he really ran the race. You know? So that's where we at with it right now. And I feel like it's so... Upside down, the fact that you hold the title of the Olympic gold medalist and you're being viewed that way because you have a, a very high podium that you're sitting on right now that people have to give you that respect. Yeah, world fastest man. World yeah. fastest man. That's, that's the funny thing is they only give you that title when you're the Olympic champion. They don't give you that title when you're the world champion. And that's why he's making headlines. If he wasn't that, or just the world champion, people be like, okay, well, he's not ready now. But the fact is, every time he goes into a race, it's going to be breaking news. And every time he pulls out a race, it's going to be breaking news. So then you got to realize, if it's breaking news, then you got to take control of the narrative, Doug. I think he shouldn't have started the tug of war with Fred. Once he put out, Fred, you 0-2 against me, and all that and all that, he built the climactic status for them to race to be pulling out, so I think it does something to him mentally, man. I, I, do you think that the Italian people have lost faith in him, or they believe his back injury? I don't know. I mean, I'll call some of my Italian friends and ask them. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think, to be honest, though, I think the fact is, and we talked about this, name one other European 100-meter sprinter in the history of the 100 meters has won the Olympics. And don't name any British athlete. Man, you, you got to go You back. can't name Lifford Christie. You got to go back when they had no black people in exactly. there. Exactly. <laughs> so my point I'm trying to make is that he's such a rarity and such a um, breath of fresh air for Europeans because that's what they're looking for. They're they glad they have that title. Uh, and they can't, it can't be relinquished. So he will go down forever as the Olympic gold medalist of this year, right? So he's going to be the pride, but also comes with pressure, right? Mm -hmm. So I don't think that they're disappointed that he's not running. I just think the fact is, if he ain't got it, he just ain't got it right now. That's what it is. He was the sleeper, man. I think he, people, and you know this best, you know what I mean? On a greater scale, 
of when you go from being the hunter to the hunted. <laughs> yeah. It's easy to hunt. Yeah. Because nobody, when you're hunting, you're on a line with a bunch of different hunters hunting the same thing. Yeah. But the person being hunted, it's lonely because it's only him that they want. They don't want anybody else. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I didn't, I don't think he calculated what being hunted would be like. So everybody's going to take shots at you. You can't calculate what hunting is going to feel like because until you get hunted. Because you're always going to be the guy who's pursuing what's, who's at the top or you're pursuing what is the top, right? Yeah. So he has both. But I mean, let's be honest. When the gun went off for the Olympics, I don't think anybody had him winning. No. I don't know who he had winning, but I don't think we had him winning. And when he won and the dust settled, now it's like, all right, well, what do we do with this? And now it's left us in a, in, a, in a state of, all right, we just watching what he's going to do next. And that's where we at now. Instead of trying to say, okay, give this man some room, let him get ready. He'll unveil himself. He's already at 980. What's next? <laughs> <laughs> we haven't even seen 99 from him since. You know what I mean? So I don't even think, you know what's funny? The Olympic champion haven't, made, haven't ran the qualifying time for the year. So he hasn't even qualified for the world champion. So that's, that's, uh, that can be disturbing. But at the same time, I mean, he may just call it a year, man. Maybe a wash. Who knows? Well, and, boy, and, and, and the tabloid is going to wash him. <laughs> <laughs> he going to have to be silent for the next year and just come back and, and drop something, man. He can't, he can't talk. I, like I, got, I got something for you because you, you, you putting out some good statements right now. What if this man has gone for the next, when he won the Olympics in what? 2020? 2021. 2021. And he hasn't, other than running indoor, winning indoor in 2022, he hasn't really produced anything since then, right? No. So what if 2024 come around, right? He didn't been ducking, 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 getting beat, ducking, 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 getting beat. And then next thing you know, 2024 come around and this man win the Olympics again, dog. Then what I, you gonna say? I'll apologize to him and shake his hand like I did Fred. <laughs> And Fred, Fred, remember when I did that? Fred, I told Fred early when he dropped from the floor. I was like, man, what you doing, man, running all these hundreds, boy? You going to get yourself hurt. Fred went out there and became the world champion. Fred would tell you, when I saw him again, he'd be like, yeah, Rod walked up to me, he shook man, and he apologized. Yeah. He said, man, I formally apologize to you, man. I, I doubted you. I would not doubt you again. So when everybody asks me who's going to win the race, Fred enough, Fred's my guy. Listen, <laughs> I ran. I ran against Fred uh, when what meet was that? Ostrava, <laughs> right? And I, I was thinking the same thing. Oh, you four hundred meter guy. You know, you gonna have a couple of holes in his race pattern and everything. I can be able to, to pick him apart pretty easy, right? This man got out. Got out. He was in good. He was in good contention. He was probably like a shoulder off of me. And then when he came to that transition, he ain't back off, dog. <laughs> <laughs> Came across the line, won the race. I went back into one pair. I saw Dennis back there. I was like, oh, he got something for everybody. Dog. I'm just letting y'all know right now. <laughs> we got to train a little bit harder, dog. He, uh, this man got something over here, dog. <laughs> yeah, man. But, true, man, that's, that's it for our long weekend, man. I want to get into, man, what you think about the Miami Heat, man? You know, I'm from down that way, man. Graduated from Miami, Cass City. I think Jimmy Buckets going to do the thing. But they down 0-1. Let's just took the first game. Listen. I am rooting for Miami to win. I want Jimmy 
Jimmy has wheeled his team to 2019 finals. He has wheeled his team to the finals this year. Miami. Listen, Miami. I'm not talking about the citizen of Miami. I'm talking about the people who are running the Miami Heat organization. <laughs> Put some money into getting a guy that's going to be able to help Jimmy and y'all going to seal the deal. He done showed you that he can get y'all to the finals. He can get y'all through a whole season and to the finals. Now is the time to be able to find an athlete that's going to get out there and help seal the deal with him. And y'all bring another chip home, man. Man, I don't think, I don't think Jimmy need that. Like, maybe next. What? Man, I mean, listen. What Jimmy, Jimmy need then? Jimmy is Because Bam ain't helping him out much, listen, bro. He, he burned Jimmy, too. Jimmy is giving, giving me Kobe vibes, bro. I don't know if you've seen when they won the Eastern Conference Finals. They tried to give him the MVP trophy. He didn't want to take it. That's something Kobe would do. He said, man, the job not done. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, he said the, 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 the job not done. Yeah. You know what I mean? On right now. So we're going we gonna to see what happens, y'all. Yeah, man. We're going to see. So, so we going to... They, they play tonight. So I just want to... I want I want to see Jimmy as the underdog, man, go ahead and get the title. Because I, I, like, I like them underdogs... Chances when they have them. They're the eight seed. They were the eight seed out of the East and they won the Eastern Conference champion. Denver is the one seed out of the West. Listen, I like Muir. <laughs> he a real dude. Before he went to the final, before they even started, they was out there playing spades, boy. <laughs> <laughs> he playing spades with his homeboys, man. He's having a good time sitting down, chilling. I think he was in the white beat or something like that. He just chilling, <laughs> dog. That's, that's the kind of dude you know is going to work hard and get it done, dog. So, hey, shouts out to everybody out there. We appreciate you listening, man. This is another episode of Ready, Ready Set, Set Go. Go. And we are going to get back with you very soon. We hope you enjoyed the show and stay tuned for the next one when we out.